We've got a special guest with us today. Uh, we are talking to acclaimed author. A number one, and this is the most important thing for any writer to know. Find a f***ing editor. It's a superhero action comedy series. Think Avengers meets Arrested Development or Always Sunny with Superpowers. Uh, about nerds like us that get superpowers, realize they're in a superhero story, so they start to make fun of it, tear down the narrative, call out all the tropes. If you like Deadpool or One Punch Man, it's right up your alley. That's the whole pitch. Hey folks, you are listening to Roll with the Party. Hosted by the Bakery Crew, I'm Ken. I'm Mike. I'm Lisa. And we've got a special guest with us today. Uh, we are talking to acclaimed author, uh, dungeon master extraordinaire, role-playing introducer to some of us. Comic book collector. Comic book collector. Video game player. Uh, what don't you do? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I really. These Dr. Venture lookalike contest winner. Oh, yeah. Possibly. <laughs> Master Roshi, actually. That's oh, okay. Ah, there you go. That's there you go. Uh, Justin. Justin, introduce hey. you. Tell us about yourself, man. Uh, so, uh, my name's Justin. I've been uh, playing games pretty much my entire life. Uh, grew up in the bakery crew. Spent about 20 good years playing the same character. Uh, <laughs> you sure did. Alongside uh, Kenny and Mike and uh, a few others. I don't know if they're uh, still around anymore, but, you know. They, they do guest appearances occasionally. Most of them live out of state now. Yeah, right. We saw Little Matt not too long ago. Oh, he did came, you? He came yeah. in twice back to back. Oh, that's nice. I haven't seen him in years. Well, I'll tell you, his, uh, his role-playing ability was really good oh yeah stunning absolutely yeah, yeah. he didn't he, lose a step in fact i think he gained he a few better. steps he oh did he yeah. did he actually sit in with you yeah, he sat that's in that's cool yeah. that's cool so yeah i uh became an author about six years ago published my first book uh, a lot of it was based on uh experiences in gaming conversations that were had around the table uh you know a lot of um i i, I hesitate to say real life experience but you know a lot of it well, was real life uh, gaming experience, real life gaming experience, conversations that we all had back in the day, um, you know, about uh, what would you do if you had superpowers? What's what well, superpower plug your book? You plug your book. Oh, what, what uh, my called? book is called Unlucky Seven. It's a book series. There's actually two and a half parts to it uh, right now. Typically, I go from con to con selling the books. They're also available on Amazon, so look me up uh, if we you're can, listening. We can post a link to that when yeah, we that's post fine. the yeah. show. Cool. <laughs> yeah, uh, so I don't know where you want to start, man. I mean, Well, let, let's start at the beginning. Um, I really do want to know, because I don't think I've ever even asked you, what started your gaming? Like, what was the first game that you played? Well, hold on. Hold on. Wait, wait, wait. What? Slow down. Slow down. We got to tell every, everybody has a Mike story. Well, oh. Yes. Oh. Everybody's got a Mike oh. story on how you met Mike. And how Mike brought you to the bakery. So oh. we want to hear your Mike's. And some of them are good and some of them are boring, but we want to hear your Mike's story. Uh, mine's actually not that exciting um, because uh, I had posted probably f four or five years before Mike contacted me. I had posted a uh, like a wanted ad or a want ad at a local game store for uh, a Rifts group. That was Phantom of the Attic, right? No, that was actually Games Unlimited. Oh, was Squirrel it? Hill? Yeah, Squirrel oh, Hill. that's right. Oh, yeah. yeah, the OG Games Holy Unlimited before hell. they moved up the street. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I had posted, like, a little uh, index card that had my information on it. At the time, it was me and another guy uh, who wanted to get into Rifts. I was going to GM a campaign, and uh, 
it just sat there for years. I completely forgot about it. Uh, and then one day I get this call uh, and he's like, hey, is this Justin? Uh, we have a riffs game going. We want to know if you want to get in on it. I'm like, sure. Why not? You know, he's like, can you bring one more player? <laughs> Perfect. And uh, that wound up being Buddha. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, so uh, Buddha and I show up at the bakery. My mom was super skeptical about this because like. She didn't uh, like I would ne- I had never been involved in a gaming group or anything. Like how that funny before. is that that you post an ad in Scroll Hill for a game that's right down the road? I yeah. know, right? Like, it was right absolutely crazy. Yeah, for all our listeners, uh, Justin basically lived, let's say, a minute away from yeah, me. yeah. Like, two, like we live like two miles within two and miles. This radius. Scroll Hill place is is yeah. a journey across a very yeah. long bridge. Yeah, maybe yeah. about five miles yeah. away. Yeah, six, six miles. Yeah. It was it was the nearest yeah. game store back mm-hmm. in the day. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so uh, I show up at the bakery with uh, with Buddha. We're brought in, and uh, apparently there was something like something in the campaign was already going on and getting hot and heavy. So uh, we were sent to the office to finish rolling up our characters with a couple of the guys who yeah, were I had an office back then. Yeah. The the quote unquote office. Yeah. yeah. The room in front of the bathroom. Yep. That was it. <laughs> but we got we were sent there uh to finish writing up our characters while like everything else was going on out in the main room. Mm-hmm. So basically we're like we were up front for doing our characters. And um I don't even think we got to play that night. <laughs> but uh, Yeah, that happens sometimes. Yeah. yeah that happens. But um yeah, and that was that was pretty much it. And Answered then, uh, an ad for yeah. a guy right down the road. Exactly. That's so yeah, cool. it was it was so weird. And like I had seen Mike before because I used to go to Holy Angels Church mm-hmm. every every once in a while, and I recognized him. And uh, well, my mom was really skeptical about it. Like, mom, it's that dude from the church. Like we see him all the time. He he ushers a church. It's and she's safe. Like, she she was still really really skeptical until she actually met Mike, and then everything was fine. Preston's right. mom. Uh, there, she's the only other woman that I would, I, I just loved her. Oh yeah. She was a saint. Oh, absolutely. Um, she passed not yeah. too long ago and, uh, my mom as well did. And, uh, I know your loss and she was, she was badass. She's another one of the good ones. We yeah. talk about how, yeah. um, yeah. some of the people in our lives have passed that were just, they were one of the good ones. You can't replace them. Oh, though. absolutely. Like there not. was one mold made of those people. And I absolutely think your mother. Was no, I'm, I'm going to sure, say man. this and you'll agree. I think your mom would have been a good role player. <laughs> she, uh, yeah. you know what, if she, uh, if she put her, if yeah. she really put it to it, yeah. like, yeah, she would, she would totally, she'd have been really good. My mom would not have been. She like, this is stupid. <laughs> what the fuck are we doing this for? No, my mom was nice though. But yeah, if she, anything, if anything caught fire in the game, she'd know the solution to that. Fire. I'm going to call Michael. That's right. Michael, it's Michael, on fire. Michael, it's on That's fire. That's a long story. But um, Justin, uh, would you say that was sort of an analog invitation that I guess that's the old ways? Of- yeah. I mean, uh, you know, nobody's going to like post, anymore. post an ad anymore. Although, yeah. You know, you still go to game stores. You still see the pull tabs and everything yeah, like that. Yeah. So, you know, I, I guess it's still out there. Yeah. But, um, you know, especially after COVID, like when all of us had to take like two years to adapt how we played games, um, you know, it's more of a uh, it's more of an online thing anymore. Right. We, we've talked in other episodes a little bit about different ways to find a group. And we've talked about how Mike's been very successful by posting ads in game stores. Yep. And, we, we've had a lot of success. Like, that's how we met Jay and Tages. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's how, yeah. We Josh, met, right? 
Yes. Josh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, actually, it's funny because uh, I don't know if you guys have talked about Josh before, but um, not much. He's another player that uh, that's my current game right now. Is that um, we co GM a Pathfinder campaign? What edition? Uh, first, nice. But we're just running right out of a module. Like he cool. he has this one module that he uses for all like a bunch of different newbie groups that he was bringing up, and we just started this module. And now we're on like book three. Oh, and cool! I'm DMing book three. And I got to tell you, like, I don't ever want to DM again. Like, I'm done. I'm done after this. Thank it's, you. It's been too damn stressful. <laughs> and we only play once every two weeks. But see, Justin, you're a perfectionist. You don't like when shit goes south. You like, you like to plan things out. You like to run down the numbers. Well, it's all planned out for me in the book. I know, but you're dealing with people out there that you can't plan what they're going to do. And you have a vision for everything, like you do with your book. Yeah, you're you're a person that always likes to know the end of the story, you know, or at least think I know the yes. end of the story. And DMing, you know, it's a little different. We've been trying to get Lisa to DM. I think just yeah, give that's it a what try. I was trying to say. Yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, just it's it's not easy. It I, is. I'd, I'd want you to DM a game for me. I think it would be enjoyable. See, I go ahead, Lisa. Even under the best circumstances, I understand it's not easy, but it's them that make it that much more difficult. And not that I think that you'd be problem players. I don't believe no. that at all. We'd but you're your both such experienced. Well, yeah, I'd expect yeah, that. Right. Uh, but you're both such experienced DMs that have spent a lot of time. Yes, you are. We're oh, a that- fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> no, your your games. Well, let, let, let Lisa finish. No, I mean I'll you guys. You, you guys work towards weaving quite the story together for us. But you don't have to have. I again, I'll say this on here. You don't have to have anything that's connected to our storyline. Do a one-shot game, which doesn't exist on there. There's no, no such there's thing. no such thing. But plan a one-shot game that has nothing to do with what we're doing currently, and aside something small, and get your feet wet. I want to see how you tell a story. The only other person I know that reads more than you is sitting next to you now. Yeah, that's true. Justin, nobody reads more than you. You accumulate knowledge by reading and ideas. You watch tons of TV because you're sitting next to me. So you have a very massive amount of knowledge and I want to see what you produce and I don't want you to run a module I want you to actually do a game out of your imagination you know I think it'd be really good and and you're my wife you know and that's special to me I think it'd be really awesome to sit there and just be proud of you. I think it'd be awesome. See, you say that now, but I'm a petty bitch. Oh, I don't care. I'd fucking and kill like every bullshit piece of shit thing that comes out. I of see you Lisa stepping out of the gate, and within the first five minutes, three players are dead. But it, <laughs> and I would love it. But it wouldn't be Zosian. No, well, no, probably no. not. No, I'd be like, some sacrifices had to be made, yeah. but you know, I'm it's okay for the greater that. good. I'm okay with that. But uh, Justin Reedon, I, I remember. Going to the Ren Fair with you, mm. like going away oh, yeah, to yeah. Lancaster, mm-hmm. and you'd bring a book for the weekend, and you'd finish it in the first day. And I finished like, it on the car ride. When did you have time to read? I was with you the whole freaking time. Yeah, we. You're like, like, I just read it. Yeah, dude. just, yeah. just do it, man. Lisa's the same way. Oh, yeah, over the They're... pandemic, I can't tell you how many books I've read or reread or whole series I started over again. Just see, I, I read and I, and I get like three sentences in, and then I forget what the first sentence was, so I've got to go back and read the first sentence again. And then I do you know what happens to me? I read and I fall asleep. Yeah, well, that's because you're old. <laughs> yes, I yeah. know. Sometimes I read so fast that I actually uh, have to step back and like I'll get to a point where I'm like, wait a minute, when did that happen? Wait, like, are you serious? Three pages back, like oh, wow. okay, like I just. 
like it was it was I just zipped past it, you know, it like skipped my mind. It was funny. So another thing about Justin is he's a phenomenal artist. Mm-hmm. Um I don't humble. know he he's very humble as well too. Yeah. And I believe me, I don't like you that much. I wouldn't give you any credit that you didn't deserve. <laughs> but you're an absolutely amazing artist. I remember growing up and he would draw pictures of his characters. Yes. And this yeah. was before the internet was really a big thing with character art. Mm-hmm. And I would be so jealous that you had this awesome, badass picture of your character. And it was just, it was amazing. So you started drawing, I'm guessing, a long time ago. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was drawing long before I was. You doodle constantly. Yeah, I was yeah. drawing long before I was playing any role. Let, let me interrupt one second. It was like neat that. for me. When you drew your character, I'll never forget this. It was what I thought your character looked like. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, it was how you played it. Makes sense. Yeah, you, was it for that same thing for you? Yeah. Yeah, like when you showed me your character and brought it, and I'm like, oh, shit. Well, I saw I saw pictures of Belphegor before I ever actually started playing the game and met Belphegor. And because. Oh. Because I would draw him. Yeah, he would just oh. draw him on a piece of notebook paper I at school. Yeah. I would just doodle around yeah. and like, yeah. Are, are you the one that brought Kenny? Yes. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Well, actually, Buddha and I brought. Yeah. Just as a bit of backup for listeners, just so you understand, we are uh, a very small town, and we yeah. all literally graduated from the same high school different at different years. times. Yeah. Lisa, but, Lisa yeah. was introduced to me. My wife was introduced to me by Justin. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. I never told my Mike story. It has nothing to do with role playing, but <laughs> but it does have to do with rolling. Yes, it does. <laughs> and a little bit of playing. No, no. no. So we Jim were on Mary. Forest Avenue. Oh yeah. And I flipped my car. <laughs> you fl- well. I, you it was a Hyundai. A car, not a surprise. Oh shut. <laughs> up. I was in that car. I he was in scar. that car. I still have scars Jesus? from that. Yeah. yeah. There's two, two little scars on my hand from that. So that car went up on the side first, and that was the side he was on, and his arm was out of the window. I thought. For yeah, I got like sure road all over He my lost arm. his arm. Holy cow. Yeah. Do you know where Cotter's is? It's a yeah. big bad That's turn. where I landed. Right by uh, where Josh yeah, used that, to live. Yeah. yeah. My yeah. car hit that gravel and it just went boop. So go ahead. Finish your story. So, uh, you know, we didn't go to the hospital. Thankfully, None of nobody us was really yeah, that injured. We were all okay. And the next day, Justin was like, here, let me take you to my friend's bakery. He's got really great chocolate chip cookies. It'll cheer you up. And that's how I met Mike. I and mean, then the next day after that was... My first foray into comic books, too. Was it? Yeah. Because yeah. we all went out to eat, too, in the morning. Yeah. Oh, did we go to the... We went, we went to, we to Pamela's, and we went mm-hmm. to yep. uh, Fans. Okay. Yep. So, see? Look at how much I owe these two gentlemen. Yeah. Really? <laughs> you and I, Lisa, were friends for how many years? Seriously. A long time. Yeah. Before we even had that... Spot. Well over 10 years. Yeah. I mean, it was, you know... I was part of the bakery crew. You were part yeah. of my crew. Yeah. And, you know, we just had all those get-togethers and stuff, all the Josh parties, everything yeah. like that. Yeah. So yeah, you was... knew each other for a good long yeah, time. Okay. Yeah. So you were drawing for forever, basically. When did you start writing? When, when did it click in your brain that, hey, I want... I want to write because you you've always been like a uh, a super creative person. Yeah, I would say I, I uh, agree with that. And and you've always been that that creative thinker. When did it start coming out on paper? Well, when I was in third grade, uh, we yeah. were asked to uh, for uh, in gate class, which is our our high school's gifted program. Um, we were asked to write a story 
So I wrote this like shitty little detective story and um, my teacher was like really impressed. So she gave me another writing project. I wrote something else, you know, it was just like little throwaway garbage stuff. But then uh, when I was in seventh or eighth grade, I think it was eighth grade, uh, I wrote, uh, there was a short story contest and I wrote this story about a serial killer in eighth grade. Wow. And uh, it got uh, my teacher, unbeknownst to me, sent it to this like statewide publication that was like a student, you know, it was like all student fiction and stuff. And it got published and I was like, oh, shit. So like, oh, that's cool. Then I just started uh, trying to write more, you know. Can you still find that somewhere? Your story? Oh, I I probably still have a copy of it somewhere at my house. But like, You know, that's neat though. All the files are long gone. Yeah, that'd be Thank framed God too. That'll be framed. No, no, I, I don't even want to see it anymore. Like I'm one of those guys. It's like, I, like I have my my first book has been out for six years, and sometimes I look back at it and I read a read a couple of pages, and I'm like, this is shit. What the fuck? That's was I thinking? that's because you're a perfectionist. <laughs> yeah, I told you. That's, yeah, yeah. That. I think a lot of creatives have that have that feeling sometimes I, I listen like I could never write a story because I just don't have the attention span but I've written songs and yeah stuff. I was gonna say you're a songwriter yeah right? and I've gone back to some of the songs I wrote like when I was in high school and I've listened to them and I'm like wow this is absolute crap right. but see that's the truth um, <laughs> well, see, oh no who's being yeah, you know exactly that's you know just how saying. we are as creatives right uh, when did you decide I'm gonna write a fucking book because well, when you self-published, when you first had the idea to start writing, I, I think I remember, it was a long time ago. It was a very long and time ago, And yeah. that's before a lot of people self-published. Yes. That was kind of before the trend. Well, see, when I first started writing Unlucky 7, which was like my biggest project that I had ever embarked on, um, it was almost 10 years ago. And uh, what had uh, how it started was... I started drawing people that I knew as if they had superpowers and I would ask them like, Hey, what would your superpower be? You know? So I started compiling this list of what everybody would pick. I started to write a story based on that. The first couple of chapters came out and they were just done on like a yellow legal pad. But then I was introduced uh, by Josh's girlfriend at the time uh, to live journal. (laughs) <laughs> did you know it was going to be a novel at that point? Or did you just no. think it was going to be a couple of short stories? No, what I, what I had thought, it's the idea that I had come up with was I was going to use LiveJournal and just publish a chapter, like a chapter by chapter, like serial, and just have it go on and on and on. Okay, yeah. So at some point it gets to be like 70-some chapters and nothing happened. Like, I mean, things happened, but it was just not action oriented there was no progression there was like everything was just quagmired so i uh decided that i was going to stop doing that after years of doing it blew it all up started over started writing again from scratch pretty much did you take any of the oh yeah yeah i I mean this bit or this this i was yeah i was essentially just compacting everything that i had into a smaller form because you can't publish a 72 chapter book or whatever unless you're um, the bible my thought or you know rr martin <laughs> <laughs> uh, my thought at the time was like i was watching a lot of um a lot of serial dramas on tv like uh for like lisa introduced me to lost and then i got hooked on that that was like the first yeah. 
big drama that I got hooked on, but this was right around that time. I realized by the time Lost was coming to an end that like you have to have a stopping point for a story. Yeah, that's a otherwise lesson. it just gets out of control. Yeah. And or writers. Exactly, yeah. yes. So my thought was take a book and do it like a TV show. You have to have like twenty four to twenty six chapters, which could be individual episodes. And usually when you're writing those episodes wind up being about like five to seven pages or uh, like about five, three to five thousand words, depending. And that's enough that someone could read a chapter, put it down and come back tomorrow or they could binge the whole thing in one go. You know, it just depends on how you want to do it. I never thought of it that way. That's that's a really cool way to look at. it. Yeah. And that's that's how I've looked at writing ever since I broke everything down. So when it got to a point where I had a beginning, middle and end. 26 chapters i think it was 26 chapters there might be 26 chapters in epilogue i'm not sure but anyway i got to that point and just kind of sat on it i tried to send it out to different publishers and stuff i tried to query people tried to get a literary agent wasn't lisa a proofreader yes i remember that yeah lisa proofreader and i was also helping him get contact info for all the publishers yes and uh she was um, the one of my first constant readers because she would actually read the. I would send her the shit I was publishing on Live Journal oh, before that's cool. anything yeah. else. But like that is neat. Uh, she was always too nice to tell me that it sucked and it really? wasn't going anywhere. Are you serious? No, was, I would give him. I would yeah, give him uh, constructive criticism. Yeah. But yeah, like, but I'm, like if it sucks, tell me it sucks. I'll blow it up and start over. <laughs> I mean, I have no qualms about that now. But what really actually got me to get off my ass and publish the damn thing was uh, I had an episode where I had the all-time high score in blood pressure at the Jefferson oh Hospital my goodness, ER. I forgot about that. It was like 279 over 180-something or other. They, I should have been dead. Um, wow. They put me in the ICU uh, after a stint in the ER. And um, when I came out of there, I was like, you know what? I better just like try and put this thing out there. However, I can do it. I went to Amazon, looked at the self-publishing stuff, and made some print copies. And the first time I got those print copies in my hand, I was like, wow, this is like fucking real. I'm an author. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, yeah, I have it awesome. in my hand. Yeah. Um, and, you know, for a long time, um, and Mike will back this up because he used to tell me this all the time. I'm like, it doesn't really count because I self-published. Like, I didn't feel like I made it. And he's like, dude, how many, like Mike would say, how many, how many people do you know that can tell you that they wrote a book? Very little. Yeah, I'm with you. Sometimes it still feels that way. Like, well, now self-publishing is the thing. You were a trendsetter. Well, I mean, I was, I was one of the, like, one of the first that I knew to start doing it. I I mean, you know, and then uh, that leads to con Mm -hmm. and uh, because like sales on Amazon are not easy. Um, you have to put a lot of work into your, uh, publicity and stuff like that to get the hits on the actual website. We're actually learning that Kenny and I, with this podcast, there are so few formats where you can actually say, Hey, we have an informative, fun podcast, right? It just, it's, well, there's a huge flood in the market right now too, for podcasts. Uh, Yeah. There is a podcast for every, there are 10 podcasts for everything right now. And 6,000 for, and it's really hard to, to publicize. It either takes a lot of work 
which is what we're kind of doing right now where we're on Twitter every day. We have the Instagram. We have all that. We're trying to talk to people and, and make make connections and do it the authentic Yeah, it's all grassroots yes. type of stuff. Uh, yeah. And you could also pay. Uh, you could have an absorbent amount of money and do the Facebook ads and do that. But there's no guarantee that people are going to actually listen to your podcast right. just because right. they see the Facebook ads. Yeah, and I, I'm the same way. You know, yeah. like I uh, I have a Facebook page. I have an Instagram that I never touch. I have a. No, Mr. Justin. I found your Twitter. It doesn't look like it was touched in a few years. Oh, hell no. Yeah. No, I, I'd stay the hell away from Twitter, man. That's a cesspool. I'm sorry. When you started. <laughs> when you started. Not you guys that are listening. No. no. Other cesspools. When other you people. started. There wasn't as much social media, was there, as there is now? Well, MySpace. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, no, it wasn't quite MySpace. Like it was journal. the Facebook era. Yeah. By the time I published, yeah. okay, it, like, okay, fair enough. I mean, yeah, Live Journal for those of you, uh, you know, elder millennials who back in my day, yeah, who sit in the closet <laughs> and cry themselves to sleep at night to, you know, typo negative. Still, you know what I'm talking about. Um, because we were all there. I yeah. like typo negative. <laughs> I, I love typo negative. I cry myself to sleep constantly to typo negative. Uh, but anyway, um, yeah, there wasn't. Uh, it was. It was only six years ago, but there still wasn't as much yeah, social media even six years ago. Isn't that right? amazing? You know? It is crazy. Yeah. Uh, but like promoing, uh, like promoting an appearance at con, doesn't necessarily mean that you know, you're going to get people to come to con or it doesn't mean that you're going to sell books right, right. or anything like that. And the sucky thing about it is you take my business card, you're probably buying one of my books and then you're going to join, you're going to like sign up to follow me on Facebook or whatnot. Uh, but, um, you know, uh, I'm basically te- like, if I'm updating people, I'm basically updating people that I already know, you know, or that already know me. Like, right. You have to get them to pass on the product, and that's like one of the big things. Uh, now, you brought up cons. Yes. And by the way, for those of you listening at home, uh, Todd just walked in, so Todd's going to join us. Hey, Todd. I'm Hi, Todd. T- Greetings. I'm turn his microphone up a little bit. All right, so Todd just walked in. We are going to welcome Todd here. Hi guys. Hey Todd. Hey Todd. We can edit this around and make it sound good. So we always fix it in that. post. Yeah. Right. We'll fix it in post. <laughs> fix it in post. Uh, <laughs> fuck, fuck, fuck. Right. That's staying. All right. So Justin, you were talking about con, right? Yes. And you're talking about how you sell your books at con. Tell me how that started. How, how did you get the idea? I mean, I, I mean, we're definitely comic con type of guys. Oh my God. We, yeah. we love to go. Oh yeah. I know a lot of our listeners, um, will go to comic cons when they're in their town. They're little comic cons, the big comic cons. Um, they, uh, a lot of people do cosplay now. Cosplay is a huge thing. It really jumped up within the last few years. Yeah. Yeah. But when you started, what, what gave you the idea? How did that start? How were you like, I'm going to get a table and sell words. Well, uh, I I uh, love that by the way. We'll get into that. Yeah. I love that. But, um, yeah. So, uh, I, at the time I was working with another author, there was a, a toy show, the two groovy toy show, which is a local, like very, very local to Munhall toy show. And uh, said that we could get a table and sell books for like, I think it was only like 20 bucks for the table at the, at that show. So I was like, all right, cool. So I threw down, we went and we sold some books. And then uh, while, like after, right after that happened, I was like, well, if we could do this here, then maybe we could like do it at a comic con. And I found out about steel city con. So I was like, okay, well I'll put in for artist alley and then like see if spike wants to split the cost with me because at the time, we we're both very, very broke. Um, 
inventory was very difficult to get a hold of because you do have to pay a, a cost to get copies of your books from Amazon. Oh, and, and cost. Uh, yeah, and I didn't know how many to buy, so I'm like buying. I bought like 50, 50 books, and that cost me like three hundred dollars, which was a lot of Ouch. money at the time. Was yeah. a lot of money, right. you know. Um, so I didn't know how many books we were get, like I was gonna sell and kept that stock for a while because I didn't sell like a ton of books. But um, anyway, so yeah, that was how I got into doing it at con. And uh, eventually, uh, like I, I liked it so much. I liked doing it so much that I just stayed. Uh, I have never moved my table in the history of Steel yeah. City Con. I've been there for six years at the exact same table, no matter what. Um, and they do it every four months, three months? It's or? three times a year. Three yeah, times so, a year. Yeah, there's usually a... Uh, April, August, December. And it's in Monroeville, Pennsylvania. Right. And Monroeville is famous for? Oh, zombies, oh, man. Yeah. yeah. My Living Dead. Like, yeah. yeah. Stone's Throw from Monroeville Mall, which uh, I believe yeah. still has like some, uh, I mean, there's the zombie museum out there still, I yeah. think. Yeah. It is. I haven't been there in yeah. a while, but yeah. So if you want to go see where Day of the Dead was filmed, you can go out to the mall and then come to Con, and it's a good time. Um, I do have a question for you, Justin. Yeah. So you've been there quite a long time at yes. that same con exactly um you have come out with multiple books and multiple mm-hmm. issues of of said book and you have you do you think in your mind sold the books to the people that wanted to read them and now have a smaller market uh that is uh, a concern um i will say that i have not sold a ton at recent cons but then again like the environment has been strange given COVID and everything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, do you see new faces? I do see a lot of new faces. I do still pitch the book to a lot of people who have not had it pitched before. Pitch the book to us. Well, hang, I'll get to that okay. in a minute. Okay. But um, one of the things that excites me the most mm-hmm. is when people come up to my table and say, where's the third book? Um, <laughs> that would awesome. be cool. It excites yeah. me and terrifies me at the same time yeah. because I had two years worth of COVID where I could have just been sitting there typing everything out, making everything great. But no, I uh, completely lost motivation given everything that was happening. Like my mom had just passed, COVID was mm-hmm. going on. I lost my job. There was like a billion other things going on. And I completely lost the thread. Life. Yeah. Life, Life happened. I lost the thread. And now I got people coming at me like, where's the third book, man? And I'm like, look, I can't give you any promises. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, 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 did make a promise in writing in the first book where I said I wasn't going to germ anybody out. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not going to take 20,000 years to put out the next chapter of the book. So, like, it's due. It's way, way due. Uh, I put out book 2.5, which was a bunch of short stories I wrote in the same universe. But that was even two years ago now. Wow. So I got to get on that, that shit. <clears throat> now, how do you keep it? Uh, because you do have a lot of previous purchasers how do you keep it fresh? How do you keep yourself not getting tired of selling? How do you keep yourself, for anybody listening out there, if you're going to do this a long time, which you actually, that is your goal, to do this a long time, how do you invigorate yourself to get to the con every year? I mean, I just always like, uh, I like trying, well, I try the same approach, which you asked me to pitch you the book. Yeah. The, the, book uh, the book pitch is just memorized Mm -hmm. you know uh first off like kenny said i sit there and i scream like a carnival barker like Uh an asshole at the top of my lungs words for sale um on a fairly regular basis fresh hot words fresh hot 
organic, uh, free range, farm to table, non GMO <laughs> words. I love that so that much. Is good. Um, I thought good. it was brilliant. people dig it. Uh, I get a lot of laughs from people walking by when I'm doing that shtick, and that's that's great because that's the first thing you want, you yep. know. One difference between myself and a lot of other authors at con, and I'm not putting down any other authors at con. No, but tell us what makes you stand out. But uh, other authors at con are not doing that. They're not engaging people. They're sitting back and they're feeling like, well, uh, my book should sell itself, you know, based on the cover or based on the description that I have written down. Some book heavy cons, there are even authors that put out can like candy dishes for real candy dishes. Really? And like people come over, grab a piece of candy, walk away. And it's like, what is that going to do for you? Yes, you got them to your table, but you don't hook them in. You know, like that's always like I grew up working retail. Yeah, so I learned. Yourself. Yeah, I learned a long time ago how to sell things to people. And one thing that I noticed is that if you can engage someone and make them laugh, they're more inclined to come over and talk to you because they feel you're more easygoing. Would you say you're not just selling your book, you're also selling yourself too? I mean, sure. Um, that, that's like... <laughs> that's every product. I would... Yeah, I yeah. mean, I kind of hate to say that just because it's so super cheesy. But like... <laughs> but it's kind of... it's real. It's, it is 100% true. Look, I mean... What there do you might think be, I do every day at the bakery? There might be another author listening to this that is trying to figure out, all right, what tips and tricks can I get? Yeah. What, what has somebody else already been in the trenches and experience that now maybe I can take their advice and have it a little easier. Yeah, sure. Because we uh, want it easier for the next generation. Yeah, absolutely. But if you steal my shtick, I'm going to find you and kill you. Because <laughs> um, that's mine. You, that is copyright. You can't yeah, hey, I'm that. sure they you can work out royalties, that. right? Yeah, they can pay yeah, royalties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, we'll figure that out. But um, yeah, so like I said, uh, you know, making, like engaging people in the most broad way possible is the best way to start. And then if they come over, I always say, do like I at least lead off with, do you like books? And then if they're like, yes, like, okay, well, I make or like I make and sell words. Here's what it is. So the elevator pitch that I always give people is uh, it's a superhero action comedy series. Uh, think um, Avengers meets Arrested Development or Always Sunny with Superpowers. Love both of those shows. Uh, it's about a bunch of nerds like us, which again, that. You know, no matter who they are, if they're at a con, they're a nerd. Right. I don't yeah. care. Like, yeah, yeah. they could be dressed in, like, business attire. I'm like, it's about nerds like us that get superpowers, realize they're in a superhero story, so they start to make fun of it, tear down the narrative, call out all the tropes. If you like Deadpool or One Punch Man, it's right up your alley. That's the whole pitch. And that usually gets people interested to ask some more questions. Well, I, I like you because you don't take yourself seriously. You know, you realize you can't. No, you realize that it's a game. You have to play the game. For instance, uh, and I'm sorry if I'm misquoting you. Please, please. Um, I believe your second book said the obligatory sequel. Yes. Okay. And that I, <laughs> I just, I got so tickled by that. I'm yeah. Like, That's so freaking awesome. You know, it's funny because a lot of people see that and they're like the obligatory sequel. I, I was like, well, yeah, you had yeah, to have yeah, one. Have so. One. Yeah. And uh, the the name of um. What is the name of your third book? The name of book 2.5 is The Unavoidable Addenda. Ah. Do you, have, so, do you have a name for the third one? Uh, the third one is, was, uh, the working title was going to be The Inevitable Trilogy. Oh. But I don't know yet because, right. again, like, I'm trying to figure out where the book's going to go. Gotcha, uh, gotcha. I had to stop and re and re really rethink everything for the third book just because of the way that the world changed. 
you know. But yeah. uh, are you going to introduce COVID into your third book? I believe I'm going to throw some COVID jokes in there. Yeah. Okay. Um, Isn't it crazy how popular media uh, things, even like The Simpsons, anything, anything, anywhere you look. Now, oh yeah, yeah. It has COVID. Even sequels and things we were watching on Netflix. Uh, you know. Yeah. Well, sudden, you want to remain relatable to the times. Yeah. I mean, that's know? that's fine. I love it. But I mean, even in fiction and other worlds, you know, they're bringing mm -hmm. pandemic level interests oh, into yeah. play. Yeah. Now, as an author, do you feel you have to, the next thing you write has to be in the Unlucky Seven universe? Uh, do you feel kind of forced into that? Do you want to do that? Have you ever thought about just saying, fuck it, I want to write something fresh. I want to write something new. Actually, yes. Um, and uh, I'll tell you... Uh, my writing partner, Courtney Jenkins and I, um, we've had a lot of different ideas and, uh, different types of writing that we kind of wanted to do. Like we've wanted to do screenplays. We've wanted to do a couple other things. We started our own, uh, magical universe, um, that's set in the 1920s. Uh, so it's or like, you know, like late Victorian, early depression era, like stuff. We have like a whole world that we're building around it. We kind of haven't touched it in a while because of everything. We got other things going on. But um, there was that. And then uh, I actually have a uh, story that I want to write for my mom. Oh, that's awesome. Um, it's, it's a Does it have big, penguins in it? it I was going to say, please tell me it has I, penguins I, I, in actually, it. Actually, it's a really big departure from anything I write because usually I write like, you know, uh, comedy fiction and stuff like that. But this is, I mean, this is going to be funny, but uh, it's about... Um, a son who breaks his mother out of a cancer ward to go on a coast to coast drive that they always promised each other they would oh, do. That's um, awesome. And it's, it's just, oh, you've already got, I'm already, crying. I'm it's, already, dude, it's going to be a tearjerker. Trust me. I'm already, I'm I have the outline down. I just haven't had the strength to write it. Oh, yet. I'm a sensitive friend. But, um, yeah, so I have, uh, I have ventured outside of that, but really my focus right now is trying to get, uh, the third book together because I had half an outline, but it just, after after COVID and everything, I really started to rethink it. And it wasn't because of COVID. It was just because I looked at the outline and I was like, this is shit. This is garbage. Like, this is just a regular old uh, stereotypical superhero story. Where's the fun in this? Do you feel yeah. you have to outdo yourself each book? Not really, no. I feel that I, feel that I have done a good job at being consistent. Um, I do think the second book is a lot funnier than the first book because... There was a lot more world building within the first book that I had to take care of, um, but the um, the second book was half the size of the first book. Um, it still had the same amount of chapters; it just wasn't as wordy, and there was a lot more jokes in it. So, um, and the set the two point five uh, the short stories they're all basically based on jokes or gags or tiny little plot hitches that I wanted to put in but couldn't fit into the narrative. So I, I have two questions for you. Well, I got more too. I mean, we're really hammering him this <laughs> no, episode. Hey, that's fine, man. Next episode, we'll, we'll relax and we'll like talk about. Yeah, other we can things. talk about gaming. But, and stuff, but right yeah. now, we just we got, well, got so many questions. No, that's fine. I want to know personally, what do you feel about Kickstarter? And I'm gonna I'm gonna segue a little bit. Um, now, okay, you and in this individual, Courtney, are yes. coming up with your own world, and, yes. and that's awesome. I love it. If it got popular enough, if you had enough following mm -hmm. for anything that you're doing, would you ever consider making your own game? Since you do have that 
varied background of, of role playing, RPG, TV, you know, all that. That is a very uh, interesting question because uh, way back in my in the bakery days when Josh and I first met, I, mean, I know what you're like going to say. Maybe That's why I did this 15, 20 years ago. Yep. Um, we started to come up with a superhero game. Um, it was going to be a lot more free form, a lot like, you know, you have uh, superhero games now like Heroes Unlimited, where like you look at the powers and it's like, these are the things you can do. But we wanted it to be a lot more creative than that. So we were like, here's the power that you have. If your, D- or if your GM or DM lets you do that thing with that power, then fine figure out the rules for it you know so a free form sort of more yes more yeah, free form I like that um i mean there'd still be a rule system and everything to it uh but within recent years i found the notes again that i had and started to rewrite them and uh i was thinking about turning that into an unlucky seven universe based game um which would be kind of cool mm-hmm. um i did have a brief foray into kickstarter when i first started publishing and going to cons uh i just wanted to see if i could get anybody to give me money um it was all people i knew you know like it was i only wanted to raise 500 bucks for inventory and to go to con my first con and i didn't raise that much money but i did so i i think i'm a little i don't want to say beyond it's not like um it's not like I've looked down on Kickstarter or anything. I just don't have anything to promise anybody. You feel you've been kickstarted? Yeah. Well, I mean, I kickstarted myself. Yeah, I got right. some support from other people, but at the same time, it's like I only got books. Like, what can I give you that's gonna make you want to donate money to me? You know, like if you already have the books, I, I totally can't give you anything yeah. else right. besides what you got. You could sign them. You know, you could. The thing, the thing, I'm honestly eventually getting at with you is you have a phenomenal, phenomenal imagination. I believe in your your, your gaming background. Didn't you and Lisa play Vampire the oh Masquerade God, yeah. together? We did. That okay. was the first time I ever role-played with Steve. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Was, was yeah, it was Vampire the Masquerade. Uh, Justin has played so many yeah, games. He's his, but didn't you not only play Vampire the Masquerade, didn't you LARP that as well? I did, yes. I did yeah. not. Yeah, Oakland. Lisa did. Yeah, the Oakland yeah. LARP. Yeah. yeah. That's now, like super old school. If nobody ever LARPed out there, I don't think it exists anymore. But if you find LARPing, I would try it out. Oh, dude, it's still there. I mean, I don't know if it's still in Oakland. No, uh, but I'm sure sh- yeah. like Vampire uh, VTM LARPing is still, still out exists. there. Okay. I mean, you have things like the SCA. Yeah. Uh, anybody that goes to a Ren Fair and just mm-hmm. decides to role play. People come to con and, and role play their character. Yeah. You know, yeah. the character that they're cosplaying. At the last con you were at, there was a gentleman there that was a quest giver. I saw him, yeah, like uh, it had a big thing that said press X yes. to talk. And like he had like prepared dialogue lines. It was hilarious. It was my favorite costume of the whole thing. You know, for years, my, my kid, my oldest kid, I talk about him a lot here, Kenny, he's, he's 12 now. Uh, he's not really a nerd. He just, he doesn't get into all the nerd stuff that, that we kind of get into. But he does like Superman, or I'm sorry, Spider-Man. Okay. He's always liked Spider-Man. So the, I would get him to come to cons with me by saying, hey, because Spider-Man's heavily cosplayed. There's like every, oh, God, 300 yeah. Spider-Man. So I'm like, yeah. hey, Spider-Man's probably going to be there. And it would work. And he'd be like, all right, we'll go. And every year I'd find a Spider-Man and be like, hey, can we get a picture of my kid? And they'd be yeah, like, right. yeah, sure. Because oh, they, yeah. they love that shit. Oh, yeah. So I'd, so I'd get a picture of Spider-Man with my kid. I must have like six or seven pictures of my kid with a different Spider-Man. And, and now your young one is... 
a fan of Star- the Troopers. Clone Troopers. Clone Troopers. Oh, yeah. I, I remember you saying that last time I saw you at oh, Still City yeah. Con. And yeah. the 501st that yeah. was there. They, Super nice people. They, they love the kids, man. They ate yeah. him up. Because oh, yeah. he had just like, he wanted to wear his Halloween costume, which was a plastic mask, uh, cloth onesie mm-hmm. of a clone trooper, mm-hmm. and a Nerf gun. And, and he wanted to wear it. So I was like, yeah, let's do it. Let's go. And Every single stormtrooper would come over to him and say, "Report for duty, sir." Yeah, that's, awesome. he, that's great. He was so exhausted by the end of the day, but he had the best, best time. Oh, he I made bet, so man. many new friends. Yeah, those guys are the best. Like uh, uh, that's that's another part of Con. You know, the people. Right. Uh, it's a family. It's it, like it, a it really family. is. Like I have made some lifelong friends uh, just being a vendor. Uh, I've made friends of other vendors. I've made friends yeah. of. Uh, con attendees um you know even some celebrities you know wind up breezing past the bar at the the bar afterwards right yeah we always go to the bar at the hotel after cons over to see if to see who we can scout little known secret yeah i mean uh all right celebrity tips best celebrity ever met coolest one mick foley wow he's always the best yeah Yeah. mick foley was great um this weekend i just met uh, jerry the king lawler yeah um he was he we talked for like 20 minutes uh it's such a nice guy i mean but like the thing about celebrities is you're basically paying them for their time right so they're not going to be dicks to you right after the con's over though like that's when you know you can actually like if you wind up talking to them if they don't want to be left alone that's when you can really judge a celebrity um but i definitely say mick foley was my Mm -hmm. number one the second coolest dude tom felton Really? Draco Malfoy. And I'll tell Seriously? you why. I'll tell you why. A Slytherin. Man, I'm a Slytherin. I'm I know. Okay. I know. So like, <laughs> he's a Hufflepuff. He is. I don't even he's know totally what I am. A Hufflepuff. You're definitely a Hufflepuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, Tom Felton. So uh, he was probably, the at the time, the biggest guest that they had at Con because he was like from, I mean, one of the more recent franchises still kind of a heartthrob like chicks dig him everybody's showing up in harry potter harry potter gear sold a ton of books that weekend thanks to him because if you like harry potter you probably like books so like i was calling all the slithering oh, girls out to yeah. come over to my table you know um but anyways uh he shopped artist alley with his hoodie with his hood on his hoodie up Nobody recognized him because he had a full beard and his hair was his natural color, which is like a dirty blonde. So like, uh, and like dark roots. So like, he's just this dude walking around and he put on like an American accent. And Seriously? Was like talking to all That's the vendors. Awesome. So and he like, cosplayed a Yinzer. Not, uh, well, yeah, basically. Yeah. I mean, but like you'd have never known it was him. And somebody found, I think whoever was sitting next to me at the time found out they're like, dude, that was Tom Felton. I'm like, are you fucking serious? Like, Tom Felton just I like I pitched him the book like that's I just awesome. pitched it to you and he was like oh that sounds great like I'll take a card and I'm like cool man like see you later you know just like any other customer but like it was fucking Tom Felton uh, only to digress slightly Lisa didn't you tell me that he had to quit acting because he was so typecast and hated no you're thinking of the boy who played uh, Joffrey Oh yeah, yeah different cat. Yeah, okay. totally different okay. dude. Yeah, well, he was hated. I don't like him either. <laughs> but okay. that means he did his job. Yes, he did. But um, so I do have a very important question. It's pretty much the reason you're here. What is Justin in your mind? And I know this is tough to accumulate all in one, you know, sentence or hey, paragraph. Hey, it's fine, man. What is in your mind the best thing if somebody's out there looking to self-publish? 
What is in your mind the best thing that they could possibly do? What is the easiest, most direct route? What will, what will help somebody that has an imagination and has put it to pen and paper? A number one, and this is the most important thing for any writer to know, find a fucking editor. Oh, Todd, Todd chimes in. Because, man, let me tell you, there are some dudes that sit at con, and again, I'm not really casting shade on any particular writer, but there are a lot of people that sit at con with books three inches thick, and they're charging like $50 for them. And I get it, because it's not cheap to publish that. That's probably like, that probably costs them at least 20 bucks per copy to buy. So they want to make profit, they're going to sell for like anywhere between 30 and 50 But how much of that writing, how much of those thousand pages that you have down is worth a shit i did I, I had no confidence in publishing myself until i found an editor lisa was my first editor um courtney was my second editor if it wasn't for for the two of them i wouldn't have books out because there was just junk you know you you write it's like diary of the brain sometimes and it might all sound good to you uh but it doesn't sound good to everybody else. That's awesome. That's all. And you know what? That's terrific advice for anybody, even if they want to write a note of their own adventure. Have somebody else read it. Even if you want to write your own cookbook, yeah, yeah. fucking get edited. That's if awesome. you want to put out a picture book, have somebody look at it. You need to have another pair of eyes on this stuff because the problem with, with a writer in general is they're egotistical. Arrogance. Yeah, absolutely. It's <laughs> yeah. arrogance. You think that this that this product that you have down is the best shit that you can put out, but you're probably wrong until you get somebody else's eyes on it. Until you get a red pen in between those lines, crossing shit out, writing shit in. That's what it's like. That's the A number one thing. Make your book good first before you put it out, before you try even try to start marketing mm-hmm. it. You know, I see a lot of writers at cons come and go. Sometimes they're there one day, they're not, or they're there one con, they're not there the next. I've watched dudes who were in their 40s and, or, well, I'm a dude in my 40s. Who the fuck <laughs> am I talking about? Anyway, I've watched dudes who are older than me, let's say that, um, like who went through a vanity, like a vanity phase of publishing. That's another thing. Don't ever do vanity publishers. Can Watch you out for that. Those. What does that mean? That means like anybody who's going to charge you like a thousand bucks to, to, quote unquote publish your book okay they're gonna scam your ass oh and they'll wind up owning the rights to it no and shit. they'll make you pay out the nose for for copies wow people are everywhere scamming oh yeah dude oh, yeah God, it's yeah. epidemic um it's the job listing service of yeah basically <laughs> arts, yeah 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 wow. um but uh so stay away from vanity editing. stay away from vanity publishing but publishing, what, sorry. what i have seen is dudes who have bought their thousand copies from a vanity publisher mm-hmm. sitting at con not selling a damn thing their mouths are shut they're not talking to anybody and by the end of con they're just trying to give their books away wow and that really sucks i mean i mean it it is sad but at the same time they didn't have an editor they didn't have uh like they got their thousand books they feel like they've accomplished they've accomplished something. something yeah yeah but they don't realize that you have to put in that extra effort and that's the that's really the key thing so the last mile is very important. Yeah, I mean, and that's really the key thing that I'm gonna that I'm gonna leave that advice question mm-hmm. on is, you have to market yourself if you want to 
if you want to move books, if you want to move units, you have to put boots on the ground. You have to get in people's faces. I mean, not in like a, you know, in a, not like in an aggressive way. way. Yeah. Yeah. Buy my yeah. damn book. Yeah. I mean, I have said that to people before. Yeah. But uh, I also bait people in with donuts. That helps. Yeah. Um, you could, you know what? You can always come get chocolate chip cookies too. Yeah. I, I would oh, definitely. None of those things fit in a little, candy dish. Uh, no, they don't. Yeah. Just yeah, a little aside. Not. But you have to be careful because there's peanut butter in them. Just a little aside. Last con, Lily brought that half dozen cookies. Yeah. And um, I ate a bunch of them, but I gave the chips away. Uh-huh. Um, and oh my God, like everybody around me, like, where did you get these? These are the greatest cookies I've ever tasted. Oh, thank you. So but I, I do have a question for Todd. And I, you don't know this, Justin. And, you know, a lot of us around the gaming table also really don't know this. But, Todd, aren't you sort of a budding writer yourself? But you sort of are a closet writer, right? I write. I just don't talk about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he does. He does. He writes no, under trust a pen me, name. I completely understand. Uh, I've, I've, uh, I've written for a magazine for about, geez, about eight years now. What do you, what do you write? I, I I write articles, but I mean mostly uh, philosophical, look fraternal kind of way the world is, yeah, sort right, of yeah. thing. I, it's not it's not fiction, it's not fan fiction, sure, sure. Like I that. Get you. It's it's uh, uh, opinion, self help, that kind of thing. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that. But uh, I one of the first things I learned was exactly what you said, which is why Edit. I applauded it. Is find somebody that you can listen to mm-hmm. without wanting to strangle and you may want to strangle them anyway yeah, I mean, <laughs> when they start editing it because it's hard oh, it's, yeah. it's tough yeah. you're going to get the harsh criticism but at least you're going to get it from somebody that that uh, you trust and yeah, you know so. that they have their your best interest in exactly mind, and that know? and that's the that's the most important thing but but i've done that i've i've been involved in writing some screenplays and things like that mm-hmm. for some short films and and projects like that that's cool so that that's what i do I, I love sitting here listening to you, which is why I haven't chimed in a lot, <laughs> because on my radar is to do a first book. And yeah. so I'm in class right now. That's awesome. To this That's why we were having yeah. this podcast yeah. today. I got a, we don't have too much time left, but I got a big writing question that I want to drop on you. Yeah. Audio books. Love them. Yeah. Would you ever venture down that road? Have you looked into it at all? Have uh, you thought about it? What's right, your thought there? Right at the beginning of the pandemic, I had on my short list on Amazon a entire kit like this, like the mic with the windscreen set up and stuff, because that was one of my goals. I get a lot of people asking me about audiobooks um, because they, they're like, well, I don't read. I just listen to books while I'm on my treadmill or like whatever. You know, I do a lot of my reading, not reading. Right. Yeah. Amen. Because um, I have terrible. I just can't. I have a hard time focusing. The joke I always use is that my schedule and Sam Jackson's schedule have been at odds for years. And as soon as we can hook up, then I'm going to have an audio book. <laughs> <laughs> but like, it's going to take that. Yeah. Like yeah. I, you know, would you want to record it yourself? Would you hire someone to do it? I have thought about recording myself. Well, I'll put it out there on recording, so it's in stone. If you ever want to record it yourself, I have equipment cool. that I would yeah. let you borrow for a couple of weeks. Yeah, man. I'd help you set it up. The only thing you would need to do is like soundproof, soundproof a closet, something. Yeah, yeah. but I know how to do that. I could help you with that. If you ever want to, the offer's there. Yeah, for sure, dude. I'll definitely take I you up some, on that. I'll, I'll throw this out there. This is unexpected. Uh, I haven't read the books. I'm going to read the books now. 
But if you want to turn them into something screenplayish, I have a cadre of acting friends. Nice. Yeah, you know that's something that's always been on my on my radar. Unlucky Seven, the musical. <laughs> I'm not going that far. <laughs> no, say no. No, we we're not we're not doing Spider Man. Turn, turn off the dark. Off the dark. Oh, we're yeah. not doing we're not doing Rogers the musical. <laughs> Rogers Please the don't musical. do Rogers the musical. That I was, liked Rogers. I loved musical. it. That was I my favorite was part of that show. Um, oh, God. But uh, yeah, I mean that's something like a screenplay has always been in mind. Um, I always thought it would be like more of an episodic thing, you know, like it would be something to sell to Netflix, but like, there's a lot of that in the market right now. So I remember when you first started, the goal was to turn it into a comic book. Yes. It was to, it was to be a graphic novel, but then it just turned into a regular novel. Cause I like Kenny seems to Kenny and Mike seem to think I draw really well. I just draw really slow. So, well, I think that, that, you're like we said before. I think you're a creative person. You have a lot of different talents in the creative circle. Sure. Which is which is weird. It's hard to mix those. Um, it's why when you see a lot of actors that try and put albums out, it doesn't work. Or you see a lot of singers that try and go acting, it doesn't always work. It it works very rare. Uh, I think you're the type of author that could write a game setting. Oh, sure, yeah. Uh, I don't think a lot of authors could. I agree. Because they don't have that rule set mind. Yeah. Even a lot of authors that like role-playing games, I've read a lot of indie role-playing games, uh, they some, don't always work. Some are good, but mostly if you want to. They don't always work. I think you could do that. Well, I, I, I mean, think you could do these transitions. Growing up that. in the, growing up playing the Rifts game uh, with superpowers as, a, as plentiful as they were in our yes. campaign. Um, made me realize something very important that a lot of comic book writers and superhero fiction writers or fiction writers in general don't realize is that your heroes have to have limitations. You can't just have Superman all the time. Superman can't be always on. You know what I mean? Like you can't just punch your way to victory every single time. Sometimes you're going to lose. Sometimes you're not going to have, you're not going to have the muster to be able to, you know, rise to the occasion. Um, that's what I think is very helpful in like a, one thing that I took away from from our game back mm-hmm. in the day is that, you know, there's limitations to everything. And yep. that's the way it should be. You definitely couldn't punch your way out of every situation. No, no. Um, I'm going to put this out there and hopefully he will have Justin will have no problem with this at all. If anybody has any questions, uh, you know, poignant things that they want to know about if they're trying to self-publish or you know anything at all that we've talked about today on this podcast, you can reach out to us, uh, to Kenny. Yeah, yeah, get get through me, and I will get you in touch with Justin if he's willing to help. Yeah, I mean, if Kenny uh, Kenny can put uh, the link to my uh, my author website uh, up on the thing, I so I can take any questions anybody wants. But I just want to let you guys know that with even with as much experience as I have, I'm not by by any means an expert on this but so i will tell you my personal experiences yeah. you've, you've been, been in the trenches walk. yeah i've been yeah. in the trenches and you got but... a lot of people who haven't yet I'm, right. I'm gonna give you a newsflash to a lot of people you're a fucking success yeah you're a big success because yeah. they at right. night go to sleep and they think i have all these ideas i have all this scratch paper with all this shit that i wrote down i've put it all together but i don't have the balls to go that next step and they look at you when they go to con and they walk past you and they hear your spiel and they wish they were you period. Well, I, I will tell you one thing that I do, uh, with younger writers. A lot of younger writers do come mm-hmm. up to me and they ask how I publish. Isn't that I awesome? This. 
it's great. Like I love talking to these kids. Um, and one thing that I always put out there too, and this is something that's part of the newer sales pitch and helps me stay invigorated is there's a lot of fan bases out or a lot of like fans out there and a lot of fans writing fan fiction. So when I talk to them, I'm like, Hey, if you, if like when they buy the book, I'm like, if you like this, it's like, are you into writing fan fiction? And some of them like giggle and whatever. I'm like, you take any of my characters, as many as you want, you mash them up, you slash them up, you That's do the awesome. dirtiest shit you can think of and you post it on AO2 and tell me and I'll link you. Like not a lot of authors are going to say like, hey, go ahead and destroy my Take characters. Take my intellectual property and yeah, have your way right. with it. No, but the, the thing Join is. Join my universe. Yeah. That's the That's thing. Awesome. I feel like. Uh, like Anne Rice was one that was notoriously against any fan fiction involving her characters. But uh, I think that that is probably one of the most flattering things because that means that you are invested enough yes. in that story mm -hmm. that you can, you know, you want to reproduce it. You want to do something with That's it. That's awesome. So I'm all for it. Yeah. Um, but that, I like to try to use that to encourage young writers too. Just, you know, if you're going to do it, like tag me, <laughs> tag me. Let me let me see all your gross fan art. We appreciate your your input, your presence, your knowledge, um, and uh, just your honestly your nerddom. You know, you have a lot of information that you can give to other people, and that's sort of why we do this too. You know, we yeah. sort of want to spread the things that we know, the ideas, the tips, the, the hints, uh, the tricks that we've the mistakes actually we've made yeah. along the way. Oh yeah, for sure. And uh, sort of keep most people, of which I was there for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> majority. And, and actually avoid those things or know they're coming up and yep. be warned about it. Um, what do you say about hanging out for another podcast? Absolutely, man. I'm, here, I'm here for as long as you want me. All right. Well, that about wraps up this episode. Um, and we're going we're gonna to keep Justin around. We're going to talk a little bit more. We're going to go over a few other things. So you guys out there, stay tuned for the next episode of Roll With The Party. This has been The Bakery Crew. I'm Ken. I'm Mike. I'm Humble Todd. Uh, I'm Justin. I'm Lisa. And that's Roll with the Party. We'll see you next time. Awesome. awesome.